Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Cannery Rao. Era and her mom, Julia, enjoy canning and preserving foods together as a hobby. Last fall, they spent days canning various apple-related goods like applesauce and apple butter. But Era drove her mom crazy, consulting manuals in the internet on canning and insisting they follow the procedures to the letter. Era says it's fun while being safe. Julia says Era's habits take the fun out of canning, and her own years of experience canning should put her daughter at ease. Should Era loosen up and follow her mom's lead? Or should Julia admit that safe food can only be achieved by following a manual? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Good afternoon or good morning whenever you're listening. My name is Judge John Hodgman. I'm about to open up a can of justice all over you people and also botulism. So get ready. Swear him in, Jesse. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he has not eaten fresh food in over 14 years? I do. I do. Very well, Judge Hodgman. Listeners may have heard an unusual voice, a male voice, given that the plaintiff and defendant are both women. The male voice is our expert witness for the day because I know nothing about canning fresh foods. I know about opening cans of Spam and eating them with a spoon. But I don't know anything about canning fresh foods, so I decided to bring in an expert witness, a man who knows everything about what I do not know about, Mr. Alton Brown of television. Hello, Alton. How are you? I'm here and I am good and I'm sorry that I said, uh, uh, you know, I, I will or I do when th- it was her turn. I, I was just excited. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thrilled for two reasons. One, it gave me an opportunity to introduce you right away because we're excited that you're here. And two, it means you're now under oath. So watch I what am. You say. I am under oath. Yeah. I, I, I cannot lie now, even if I wanted to. Exactly so. Uh, so Era brings the case against her own mother. Which mm-hmm. is kind of harsh. You think that she's too strict about how things get canned or you want to be more strict? I don't I don't understand. Tell me how you I, do it. Well, I actually I, I would like to be a, a bit more strict. Um, I, I like to be absolutely meticulous about procedure. So uh, uh, I like to sterilize, you know, everything very carefully, the That's jars, right. anything that touches the jar. I, I like to follow recipe and procedures and I, I like a real clear stepwise process. And um, my mom's just really casual about it. And so she does things really quickly and she doesn't often think through the whole process before she gets started. Um, and in fact, some of the things she does are actually contrary to, to sort of what I, I think of as important rules. And it's, it's not just that she, um, um, you know, doesn't want to be as meticulous, but she just gives me a really hard time for trying to be procedural. Um, so when we can together, it, it like last time it got quite tense and, uh, I mean, I mean, maybe, Mom, do you want to tell him how you tell me to get out of the box all the time? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just understand here. Let's, let's go back to the last time that the two of you were canning together and explain to our uh, listeners at home who are not self-sufficient homesteaders what the heck it is you're doing. You are gathering some kind of food and putting it into jars and keeping it until apocalypse? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're, you're basically, you, you make, you know, jams and, and okay. chutneys, you, you make them from fresh foods, and then you basically okay. preserve them so, so that they, pay- they last for a year or two. Well, we're talking about jams and chutneys specifically, that's, that's your thing? 
Yeah, I mean, we've done salsa in the past, um, also apple filling so, or apple pie filling. Pre, pre-chewed foods, basically. <laughs> macerated, <laughs> macerated foods, not whole foods. Not, not usually whole foods. Yeah, it's cooked. They're cooked. Okay, so you cook up a, you cook up a bunch of stuff to, uh, to a deliciously gross consistency, put them, into, <laughs> put them into jars, and then lay them down in the fruit cellar uh, until you want to eat them, which is uh, never. Is that more or less what? <laughs> is that more no, or less what's going on? Them. I okay. use them. I give them away for gifts. I give them to people for Christmas. Right. I give them. You know, my I have a baby, so I feed them applesauce. Okay. Well, all right. So you got to make sure that you're not feeding the baby tainted applesauce. Precisely. So, mom, your name is Julia. It is. Do you mind if I call you uh, mom? No, you can call me mom. That's good. Thank you. Mom, what is the process by which you, uh, I don't want to hear about cooking the applesauce because I get that. I know what cooking is all about. Say you got a big, big bunch of fresh applesauce that you want to poison your baby with later. <laughs> How, what do you tell me the process of getting it ready to, to lay down in the, in the, in the cellar? Okay. Um, I take the jars initially and put them in uh, a big pot of boiling water on the stove. Mm -hmm. And on the side, in a different pot, goes the lids and the rims. Mm -hmm. So to sterilize everything. These are are rubber rims that create an airtight seal on these bell jars that you get at the the hardware store or whatever. Right. Okay. Exactly. And uh, I boil them for approximately 20 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, one by one, I'll take them out and I fill using it up. your, using your bare hands, right? You just reach right in <laughs> because no, at this point I, you're impervious to heat and cold. Cause you're a mom, right? right? <laughs> no, exactly. But no, there's a, there's, there's a, an ab, actual canning tool that you use mm-hmm. like tongs mm-hmm. that will grab the jars, pull it out, fill the jar, then put the uh, lid on, put your seal on, and put it back into the boiling water. And then I boil it for another 20 minutes with the food in it, and which creates the seal, the vacuum, and mm-hmm. then pull it out, and they cool. And I have always listened for the pop of the lids, because each one will actually do a pop when you hear it or it, it indicates that the it's a seal and what um, is this what, what how would do an imitation of that sound please pop. <laughs> i don't know it's a can how can i do a can? well we're calling it canning but it's jarring is that not correct uh true okay. true right we're not but, but you, they do call it canning they clearly call it canning yeah i know people mm-hmm. got dumb words for a lot of things but i'm just making right. clear for but you're not putting anything into tin cans no, it's they're or glass out, or, jars. Okay, glass jars. Okay. Before you guys get into a fight, and before I ask Alton to weigh in, uh, Era, if that is indeed your name, what is your mom doing wrong? Um, I, ha- I actually have a, a, a list of some things that, that my mom does that I find a little bit problematic. Um, it's, a, it's a short list, but an important list. So Let's do the top five. She sterilizes the jars, but not the utensils that she's using that might touch the tops of the, the rims of the jars. Like the special jar tong? Right. The special okay. jar tong, the headspace tool. There's a number of other things that might Whoa. touch the tops of the thing. <laughs> number one, doesn't sterilize the headspace tool. Duh, mom. All right. Number two. <laughs> so she touches the tops of the jars with her hands or wipes them with whatever like paper towel or rag is sitting around after <sighs> they've been sterilized. Mom. Um, 
Close. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting slammed here. I don't yeah. know if this is all true. Everyone gets but... a fair everyone gets a fair hearing. But you're all right. ob- so you're objecting? What's the what's I'm the... objecting all right. already. What's, I mean my, my utensils are What is the substance of your objection? Well they that my utensils are clean. Are they sterile? Period. Well, I haven't boiled them, but right. you know, oh. I don't know. Oh, whoa, 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 hang whoa, whoa. on, hang whoa. on. Number one, there's there's rubber on on the the uh, utensil that actually grabs the uh, jars out. So I I, you, I don't think you're supposed to boil them, but clearly they go into boiling water. So I think it, that in itself sterilizes right. them. Let's move. Let's move on. Hold everyone. Hold. Era, I, I do want to go ahead. Go ahead. I throw Alan. in a technicality. A technicality Please. between the differences between clean, sterilized, and sanitized. Um, and sanitized is uh, is only like ninety nine point nine nine seven uh, percent uh, free of, of microbial life, and that's considered the uh, the standard uh, for canning. To sterilize would be to uh, to drop that down exponentially by another another decimal point, which 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 would take it into the realm of an operating theater, which is is not really considered to be uh, necessary. So the word sterilized is is actually never really used in in canning, except at the commercial level. Okay. Great. Thank you. So sanitizing is what you're concerned about, Era, not sterilizing. Okay? Okay. So she uses recipes that don't specify jar sizes or the boiling times. Alton, you want to respond to that? She seems to have a problem. Uh, point number three uh, seems to be that she has a, a problem uh, with her mother's lack of specificity in regards to jar size and actual uh, processing time. Uh, the processing time being, again, that time that the uh, closed vessel is submerged um, in the um, in the, the boiling kettle. Is, is uh, that a reasonable concern? Um there's no simple answer to that. And the reason why is that it greatly depends upon the acidity level of the food. I, yeah, this stuff just got real because I would be far more concerned about, say, green beans than I would, say, strawberry jam. Foods that are high in acid, uh, most fruits – um, and also high uh, in sugar, um, it tend to not be fun for microbes. Microbial life simply doesn't like a low pH, uh, which is high acidity. Most of the foods that uh, they've been talking about putting up uh, fall into, into that zone. The, the one place where people can get a little bit into trouble is, um, is salsa. Uh, because believe it or not, um, the range of acidity in tomatoes, if it's a tomato-based salsa, um, is wide-ranging. Uh, and you could make the same salsa, put up the same salsa for 20 years um, from, say, one farmer who provided the tomatoes and then change your tomato supply, make it the same way, and then end up in trouble because the uh, the acidity level would be different for, say, someone else's tomatoes, tomatoes from a different part of the of the of the the country. Um, I don't personally have a really big problem with the, uh, I, 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 let, her, let her finish her, her top five because right. I've, I've, got, I've got a couple of things. Okay. So, Era, we heard so far, poorly uh, unsanitized headspace rack, right? Right. Unsanitized headspace tool, uh, right. using recipes that don't uh, specify the jar sizes or cook times. Right. Um, she uses cornstarch, which um, it's my understanding that you're not supposed to use cornstarch anymore. What does she use cornstarch for? Uh, I think she uses it in apple pie filling. Is that right, Mom? It's just like, yeah, it's a thickening agent. 
Why uh, would and you? What are you using? Yeah, what are you using as your your uh, your data for uh, condemning the use of the uh, the corn product? I use. I think the USDA uh, uh, canning uh, guide said that you should not use cornstarch as a thickener. That you should only use. I think is it pectin that you're supposed to use. Why, why would yeah, that be? Um, do Do they say that that's uh, from a performance uh, standpoint or from a sanitation standpoint? I think it's from a sanitation standpoint because cornstarch doesn't allow the heat to penetrate as easily. Where do you Where do you read that, Era? I, I it's in the USDA uh, the USDA uh, guide to canning. Or well, it might I'm even sure be that, in the dummies guide. I, I mean, I can. Well, then I'm, I'm certain that you have brought that in your evidence packet and can share that uh, with the court. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I have read. I have read almost every USDA page uh, available in this dimension or any other dimension. I've never run across that. So please, uh, you know, upload that to us now so that we may um, review. I'll look for that right now. It's. It, I'm. I'm. I'll. I'll. I'll take a gander. You have to go look for it. You're well, quoting yeah. materials you don't have. Talk about <laughs> talk about lack of technical uh, proficiency. You you've come to court without your stuff. Yeah, I well, bet that, you don't it, even have a number two pencil. You guys, you guys thought you were going to get nice, softy Judge John Hodgman today, a guy who just <laughs> oh. talks about uh, how everyone should love one another and get along and how cute it is that mom and daughter are canning together. But there's something at stake here: food safety. Alton Brown isn't going to stand for it. Alton, I just want to say that she's reading from Canning for Dummies. It meaning, uh, I don't know, the, the uh, operative word being dummies? Now, can I ask you, ma'am, while she's lo- busy looking this up, we, we still haven't heard her two other complaints. But I want to know right now, um, what is the age differential between you and your daughter? Approximate. 20 years. And how many years of successful canning would you say you have under your belt? 20 years. And how many years of successful uh, canning would you say your daughter has under her belt? Years? Yes, ma'am. She's only, she's only canned twice. Very well. So we're yes. going to say that the ratio is, is, uh, is approximately 20 years to 0.2 years. <laughs> Very okay? good. Yes. During the 20 years that you have been canning, how many foodborne illnesses have resulted from the products that you have put up? And please be honest, because we can always find out the truth if you don't give it to us. Zero. No one what has ever gotten sick. Is a person who has used uh, traditional uh, means, probably uh, family procedures that have been handed down traditionally. You have employed those for over 20 years, resulting in zero illnesses. That's not true. She, we totally accidentally poisoned one of my friends. Oh, you poisoned one of your friends. The applesauce okay. just got real now, didn't it? Yeah, well, the applesauce <laughs> got thick and stinky. So um, please tell us, um, because obviously there seems to be a discrepancy between no one yes, getting sick. Yes, there is. There really is. Someone getting sick. What, is the, um, what was the, uh, the resulting illness and from what product did it, um, was it rendered? So the first time that we ever canned together was about 10 years ago. So that's actually 10 years of canning experience that I have, not just, not Twice in 10 years? Yeah. Twice. No, I've canned numerous times. What are you talking about? Is the the number two? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Believe me. No, I've probably canned maybe five or six times. Let me just just to clarify, you've canned two times together. And then, Era, you're doing some private canning on the side with your scientist friends. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing some molecular canning with Nathan Mirvold on the side <laughs> where there are no fights over cornstarch or clear gel. Correct. <laughs> right, right. All right. Tell me, tell, tell, tell the court 
this dual tribunal. Uh, who was the friend who got sick because of the applesauce? It was actually not applesauce. We canned a huge thing of salsa. And um, my mom, I think, was fairly new to canning at the time. And we put in the salsa corn and cilantro and other vegetables. And she was uneasy about doing that at the time, but couldn't explain to me why we wouldn't add other vegetables to the tomato salsa. And so we we had a huge batch of it. And then I had a friend that stayed over just um, a week or two later and ate a ton of the salsa and and got quite sick from what I came to think of as as a tainted batch. Okay, she's leaving out one really important part of that story. Was that you had added poison? <laughs> no, that her friend uh, drank a, a case of beer while eating a whole jar of salsa. Now, that's not fra- true. Frankly, if you drink that much and eat a can of sal- or a whole jar of salsa, anyone's going to get sick. I, I need to hear about the uh, symptoms. Uh, if you could please give me the rundown on how the uh, how quickly the illness uh, onset came from ingestion and uh, and what were the symptoms? Well, first of all, he and started. First of all, he started flirting with everybody, and then he wanted to like also, listen to music. I also want to know: was this a boyfriend? No, it was not. It's my best friend's um, boyfriend now, husband. Okay, so back back to onset uh, symptoms and onset, please. So he um, um, had eaten several jars, like numerous jars, maybe four or five jars of salsa over the course of a couple days. And he got very, very sick within, I would say, I mean, the next morning, like he, he had been staying at our house for a couple of days and, and the, the morning after his last batch of, of salsa, he um, started um, just vomiting really bad. And he, he continued to vomit, I think, for a good 24 or 48 hours. And to my knowledge, that was his only symptom, just really profuse vomiting. How how long had this salsa been in the uh, its its vessels um, at 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 the time of consumption? How how long had it been? A couple weeks, maybe not more than a month. Certainly. Why, why were you uneasy about this? Uh, as far as process or the, the yeah, salsa she itself? she Eric says that you you seem to be uneasy <laughs> well, about I, my my recipe. Uh, didn't call for cilantro and corn. So, of course, while Erin and I are making my salsa, her husband, of course, sitting on his laptop, is chirping in the background, I want fresh corn in there. And I said, look, you know, we don't put corn in salsa. You you do that later. No, you said, I'm not sure. I I, I don't know. No, I clearly... He says, but you didn't say like, hey, corn is less acidic. So that's well, a no, I didn't I didn't have any scientific reason. I just said, you know, you put that in when you serve it later. You you add your, you, you know, your corn the night you're serving it. And but no, nope, he said, I want the, I want all the flavors to cook together. I want the cilantro. So, of course, who does that? And that's why you poisoned him then. <laughs> you, you were so angry. Number, <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. No one was poisoned. All right. And it, also some really? fresh hemlock. How about that? As a Clearly. garnish. I got to say, I got to say that I, 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 I'm sympathetic to your argument there. As soon as I heard the guy was sitting at home drinking beer and eating whole jars of salsa. Mad. He was 
not drinking beer. He had some wine the night before, and we went out for Afghani food, but, but he did not. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold hold the heck on. I feel, okay. like, I feel like I'm so watching an episode now, of Law and Order. There's a twist every second. <laughs> this she's, she's kind of like, you know, and then we, we handled serpents for a while. I mean, wait a second. So now now you're, you're throwing your mom under the bus for a guy that ate a jar of salsa, drank some unknown amount of liquor, and then had some Afghani food? <laughs> he didn't just eat a jar of salsa, though. He ate like six jars of salsa. And But my point oh, was that it was too suspicious. Wait a minute. In what frame, time frame did he eat six jars of salsa? Yeah, they were small jars, and it was over a course of a couple of days. He's an eater. He... <laughs> I... Okay. That I, well, I don't. I, I, you know, th- th- this case is far was, too jarble upon this one of one instance to 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 render judgment. Other than um, your husband should uh, butt out, stay off his laptop, and mind his own business. <laughs> um, yes. He's clearly the instigator of the the problem here. Uh, is, well, is, let me let me yeah. ask. Let Husbands me ask with you. laptops always trouble. Clearly, this entire anecdote has contaminated itself as evidence. But I just want to make sure I understand what's going on here. So, Ari, your argument is that the, 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 the boyfriend of a friend ate a bunch of this salsa after drinking a lot of beer, having a lot of wine, eating a lot of Afghani food, and maybe treating his cataracts with some medical cannabis, and then got very, very <laughs> sick. And, Mom, your defense is that, A, uh, it, it was it, it, everyone else who ate it did not get sick. B, he was eating too much of it, and he's a terrible glutton. And C, he was he the one who requested corn be put in the salsa? No, it was it's Era's husband. Era's husband. Okay, correct. But there, but why would you bring up the issue of corn being in the salsa if if your if your um, if your statement is that the salsa itself was untainted? It, it sounded like you were saying maybe because he asked me to alter the recipe, it might well, have no, was, something might have happened. That- no, that was Era's. Uh, you know, she called me and said, you know, after I read, you know, we uh, went on the internet. We, I think we made people sick because we put corn in there. And I, I mean, my, I, my, uh, I was just telling her, hey, my salsa recipe that I've used for years, I always add corn or fresh cilantro when I serve it. You don't jar it. And, but they didn't want to listen to me, you know. This, this is an incredibly important learning moment, which is simply um, recipes that have proven themselves to be safe and tasty in the uh, canning realm should not be screwed with. Exactly. Because if you do go and screw with them, then you are going to have to break out the lab books. When you start to make those kinds of changes, especially to something like salsa, where you're involving some low-acid foods and some foods that could already be potentially contaminated, though I don't really believe that your salsa made this guy I sick. Don't. I just don't buy it. But, but, but if you are going to argue that traditional uh, know-how uh, as opposed to scientific accumulation of knowledge and application of that knowledge, that the, the, the traditional ways are just as good, you can't monkey with them. You, you've got to stick with what, with what you know works and what you know is safe. You shouldn't have added the corn, and the cilantro is also a little suspect. I, I still don't think that that did it, um, but you shouldn't do it. Uh, era. If your husband yes. demands corn in his salsa, which, by the way, is disgusting to begin with, <laughs> and your mom is making it, and she's got 20 years of experience making a thing of folkloric canning 
uh, expertise in her head, maybe all she can say is, I don't think that's going to work. That should be the end of it. You talked about uh, the, the headspace tool. You talked <laughs> yeah. about touching it with your hands. Talked about, <laughs> yeah. talked about this issue of the, of the tainted corn. Mm-hmm. That's, the jar sizes and cook times. The jar sizes and cook times. You, you threw out some faint about cornstarch. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's, there's um, that she doesn't pay any attention to headspace and that she keeps the screw tops on the lids when storing the jars. And neither of those are quite as important, but I still okay. like to follow those guidelines when I can. Where are you getting the guidelines from? You know, websites. Canning <laughs> for dummies. Come on, the, the internet. The, the internet. The US yes. Mm-hmm. Canning and the canning for dummies. I have to say, now, I have are, to, are these are these true? Are, are, are these true? Do you do you not include uh, headspace in your? Yes, um, I, do. in, I don't use a ruler, and she wanted to get the ruler out, or she did, and she was actually measuring every jar. And I, I, yeah. I mean, I can, I can see or guess what a half inch is. And but you don't even you don't even try to monitor that, Mom. You didn't even know what headspace was. You were filling your apple saw or your um, apple pie filling well, maybe up. Maybe I like didn't know the terminology headspace. I, I just didn't use headspace, but I certainly knew you don't fill it up all the way to the top. And, well, no, and again, different she took different there was no fun involved. I mean, okay. we, now order, 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 John. Uh, as, 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 as a technical uh, point, uh, John, headspace is the, the area left open at the top of the jar. Uh, it's usually about half an inch of air. What's important about right. that is that during the processing, the boiling, is that air expands, mm-hmm. uh, bubbles out, and then when the, uh, the jars cool, you hear a popping sound as that, the air that remains uh, contracts, creating a vacuum. That is what actually holds the seal. And in, in this case, I think that what you were using were probably the metal lids that have the uh, the rubber strip around the inside, yes. not the floppy ones. So that uh, what happens is that vacuum pressure is what creates the mm-hmm. seal that mm-hmm. actually hermetically seals the jar. Uh, and strict traditionalists would then remove the screw-on retaining ring uh, because it can rust um, and can uh, be responsible for corrosion around that seal area. So typically, uh, the canners in my family, at least, would never leave those retention rings on uh, during storage because they don't actually hold the lid on. Vacuum pressure holds the lid on. So that's the headspace story. Thank you very much, Alton. I'm not a moron, but I didn't know those things, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to say, I have to say that when, when you guys wrote in, I was concerned that uh, maybe this was not really a point of contention between you, but a simple disagreement, and you were just looking to get on a podcast. Now now I'm miles and miles away from you via Skype, and I'm afraid I'm going to be hit with a headspace tool. This is much more contentious than I, than I imagined it being. So I have to ask, Mom, how does it make you feel when your daughter critiques your canning methods? Most of the time, I don't listen to her. I just keep going, and she keeps chirping, and then it gets to bickering back and forth, and uh, and I just keep moving forward. Do you throw away things that your mom cans because you think it's going to make your 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 girlfriend's boyfriend uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. sick after he eats a bunch of Afghani food? The salsa is the only thing I've ever thrown away. 
You've but never- just to be clear, like I've never thrown anything else away other than that salsa. But but just to be clear, like it's not just me sort of critiquing my my mom. Like that that's going both ways. So like I'm trying to use the the little headspace ruler, and she's sort of like you know she's got commentary about that going the whole time. And if I refer to my recipe book, she's she's she critiques that. So the the critique is is mutual. It's not just me sniping about her lack of of um, sanitary. Procedure. Oh no, I, I I fully trust the critique is mutual. That's a, that's pretty clear. <laughs> that's pretty clear. But what do you think is stopping you guys from taking the best of what you each have to offer, Mom, from from your your folkloric uh, years of expertise, uh, 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 witches brewing, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know from from your from your witchy folkloric expertise and uh, an era what you have to bring from the internet and to create the best of both worlds situation where you guys can happily enjoy your canning bee without yelling at each other. Well, we don't really yell at each other. I mean, oh, just to, no, you do, to you do. Like, I'm telling you right now you do. <laughs> oh no, we, we do because she had a friend over one Thank night you, when Mom. we were actually canning the uh, apple butter that night. And her friend was ready to, to leave because she thought it was getting so tense. And Era had to tell her, you know, we're really not fighting. So yeah, we, yes, we do. Mom, well, because everything we do sounds a little bit intense. I mean, it's not like this is some out of, I mean, you know, we just sound intense, but it's not actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's clear. It's clear you guys have, have a lot of uh, bickery affection for one another. <laughs> but I'm telling you as an outside observer, it's tense. Let me tell you right now. We're going to resolve this for you. And the way we're going to do it is I'm really glad that we have Alton here who actually knows what he's talking about for once. Because what Alton is going to do, we're going to go into chambers and we're going um, to uh, smoke some barbecue uh, <laughs> as men do. Uh, and drink and, some bourbon. And drink some, and drink some bourbon. And pound some Afghani food <laughs> and then throw up for a while. And then Alton's going to come back and tell you he's going to have the, the perfect mix of, uh, of, of folklore, or I should, folklore is not correct, right, Alton? Um, uh, you just say uh, culinary just, heritage, culinary, tradition. Thank you very much. Culinary heritage and tradition and science to make sure that you guys have a, uh, a third way canning technique that you can both stipulate to so that you don't fight with each other quite as much. And then you can focus on, I don't know, how you whip cream. Alden and I will retire to chambers. We'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Julia, what do, what do you think? Can, can you see a way forward? In canning, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that we will make any headway, but yeah, why not? Maybe she'll be. Maybe we'll have a little more fun. Maybe we can have you know a cocktail when we're uh, we're doing it, and we can put the rulers and then the computers and the books away and just have fun. Maybe you guys should just have a case of beer and some salsa. <laughs> <laughs> really, we could just eat the salsa and the, and the beer or drink the beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, Julia Era, I, I, I wish you the best. I have high hopes for this hearing. I, I got to get over to the chambers to uh, chat with John and our listeners about the Max Fund Drive. So um, we'll talk to you in a couple minutes. Okay. 
You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, it, it is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up, and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like, they know me, and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to, to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you as you want to look, get started today at stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. That's stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. Stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an Aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the Aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children, uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com 
to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Well, it's not just me. It's also my uh, special expert witness, Mr. Alton Brown of, uh, of television. Alton, thank you so much for being with us today. An absolute pleasure to watch you dispense justice. And of course, every, every one of our listeners knows you from your, your two to 3,000 television shows that are on now. What's the thing you're working on right now that you're most uh, excited about? Um, I'm pretty gosh darned uh, excited about a, uh, a new uh, enhanced uh, ebook that uh, that I'm I'm working on oh, that really? uh, is going to uh, uh, encapsulate some some fantastic new uh, technical software kind of stuff. So that's and, pretty cool. And th- and this will be a, a, an ebook version of one of your many award winning. Uh, Good Eats books this is, or this I'm is, just this here is for the brand, brand or brand spanking new, stuff. new stuff. Brand spanking new stuff. Oh, fantastic. And will it be across all platforms or for the uh, for the iOS platform only? Um, we're, we're, we're working that out. That's that's oh. the big uh, the big mystery. When, when can we see that, do you think? I'm thinking uh, spring of next year. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, so I have to say I admire your candor, Mom. I think you clearly are a straight shooter in everything you do, even when you are um, a little bit angry and frustrated. You certainly get it out. And I hope that that leads to a productive uh, fighting and then um, crying with white wine with your daughter afterward. (laughs) In any case, it's clear that you both love each other. And I don't want you to fight unless it's just one of the ways you enjoy communicating with each other, which case go at it. But I do think that in order to make sure that your daughter feels comfortable eating the canned goods that you guys put down together and to make sure that you feel comfortable that your daughter is learning the true art of canning, we need to stipulate to a system that is both uh, earthy and fun and easygoing and speaks to, your, uh, to the culinary heritage and your experience and also makes your daughter feel perfectly safe in what's, being ha- in what's happening. So I'm going to leave the final critique and judgment to our very special expert witness, Alton Brown. Ladies, I'm simply going to refer to you as mother and daughter because it's an important association and is perhaps the, the um, uh, focal point of this, this entire, entire dispute is that we have a, a learned mother and a, uh, a daughter who is, who is still, still learning. Um, I am all about science. I adore science. I've made a career out of science and cooking. But I must say that, uh, you know, in, in, in this case, um, the daughter's only real case for any mistrust is based upon um, the uh, sickening of a potentially alcoholic, salsa-chugging, Afghan food-munching interloper um, of a salsa that was meddled with by another party, by a, yet another third party, a fourth party uh, being a husband. So I think that we have to throw out that entire incident um, because it's, it's simply too, too corrupt to, to, to bear any uh, consideration here. My suggestion is that we look at history. People have been canning and putting up for thousands of years actually millennia, uh, depending on the anthropologist that you talk to. The uh, For Dummies book series is, by contrast, a relatively new development, as is the internet and the laptop computer. My suggestion is, um, daughter, why don't you just learn for a while from your mom? Canning is a great tradition. 
She probably has a lot to teach you. Why don't you just relax and learn from her? Put down the ruler, close your computer, and just go can some food. This is a food way that was meant to be passed from generation to generation. You are attempting to skip over that by trusting a zillion strangers, most of which are morons, on a computer. Don't trust them. Trust your mother. I think that that's what is deeply going on here is that for some reason, you don't trust your mother and you guys have to work that out. But as far as the food, this is a heritage-based food way passed from generation of woman to generation of women and you would be really, really missing something if you attempted to mar that with your modern technology and the supposed knowledge of strangers. And the USDA? Yes, and the USDA, which I must tell you is run by what? Who runs it? Are you, are you asking me who runs it? I'm the asking you, who runs the USDA? The United States government. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. bingo. So you're going to trust the United States government over your mother. Think about that long and hard, young lady, because I would like for you to name one thing that has to do with food that the federal government has actually made better in your lifetime. Yeah, you have a good point there, actually. Um, You know, very often when we start bringing a lot of science to the party, we move beyond what is reasonable into what is infallible. And and, and the the margin for, you know, a potential problem between what is reasonable and and, and that other kind of X factor is typically just not real world that we're talking about. Now, if we were cooking for astronauts, if we were putting up salsa to go to the space station to, to feed people, you know, in those kind of conditions, or if we were shipping this off to the home for immune deficiency seniors, we would probably up the ante with with our our sanitation. But I don't get that that's what mom is doing here. Mom is simply canning the way she's canned for years, probably the way her mom canned for years and her mother before that. And I think that as long as they stick to the program and don't take husband's ideas for I want corn in my salsa, everything will be okay. That was an uncanny impersonation, by the way, of every husband. Well, I've heard a lot of husbands sitting with computers screaming at cooks to add things that shouldn't be there. <laughs> well, I was, by the way, once you, add, once you add corn into that, it starts to really become more of a chow chow than a salsa anyway. So, Well, judgment has been rendered. Uh, I was thinking that this would be some sort of synthesis procedure, but I think uh, Alton has taken a very strong stance. Do it your mom's way. Uh, so this is the Unless sound- the bodies start piling up in the neighborhood, yes. <laughs> The issue, and I'm not even sure there was an issue. The potential alleged issue um, was that um, that recipe was messed with before your 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 drunk Afghan friend uh, decided to chug three jars. Um, which I mean, I would have blown chunks too, okay, and it wouldn't have mattered. Um, so I, I I think that you can continue to make that salsa. Let me put it this way: I will make sure that you get my address so that you can send me a jar of that salsa, which I will sit down and eat with great pleasure. And then we're going to go out for Afghan food in a case of course, and <laughs> I'm going to get sick in the parking lot. But do be, but but the but the tomatoes, the, the, a different variety of tomatoes might change the acidity, right? Do I understand that yes, correctly? Yes, it, yeah. it, it could. It because tomatoes like that, tomatoes like to trick you because they're the fruit of the deadly nightshade. They are a, a member of the deadly nightshade family, uh, right along with uh, with uh, eggplant. Um, but I would say that if she has made it for years and years and years successfully, I would say just continue to make it exactly precisely that way. Mom, the one thing that I would say is perhaps you would allow your daughter to bring a recipe from out on her side of the world into the kitchen, and you guys uh, could also make that together. That's just a thought. That's uh, fine. You know, and, and, and but but I, I don't think that, uh, daughter, you should be uh, criticizing your mom's uh, tried and true methods. 
Well, I admire I admire the candor that you guys share with each other. The candor, get it? Because I'm a punsmith. <laughs> candor. Nicely um, done, Judge. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, Alton, for weighing in on that. Uh, I think we all You're learned well. something. And this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules. Uh, I am now going to go back into my chambers and spray it down with bleach. That is all. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Era. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Alton, for helping out. Thank you for your macaroni and cheese recipe that convinced uh, my in-laws that I'm a cooking genius. Well, good, good. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. I have to admit, Judge Hodgman, I was somewhat starstruck to have the great Alton Brown in our our courtroom. I can't hear you over the pressure spray of bleach. (laughs) What? Hang on, let me turn this off. Uh, What? I said I was somewhat starstruck to have the great Alton Brown in our courtroom. What a wonderful guy. Oh, me too. You know, I met Alton Brown uh, when I was a magazine writer. And he was already a famous, uh, famous major television personality as we drove through, um, uh, through the south from Georgia, from Atlanta, Georgia, to Oxford, Mississippi together. And um, it was an amazing time. He was as opinionated and also as right uh, about everything we saw on that trip. And I was really glad to have him on the show and, and lay down some real law. That sounds like a really tasty trip. Speaking of tasty, I'm eating tartar sauce with my hands. Do you think that's bad? <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that you're taking it out of your pockets is a little bit questionable to me. Well, I thought the lint would uh, would sanitize it. You think a lot of things. You want to clear the docket? Here's something from Aaron. My friend Ben and I can't agree on whether or not salt is a food. He says salt is a mineral used as a food seasoning or food preservative. He believes there's a d- distinction between food and mineral and not everything we consume meets the, quote, food bar, unquote. I say any substance we consume that provides nutritional support to the body is food. We ingest salt and it helps to regulate the fluid balance of the body and to produce electrical electrical signaling in the nervous system. And therefore, it is a food. Who is right? Uh, Alton Brown isn't here, so I can say whatever I want. Right, Jesse? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. That's the that's the what the USDA rules. Uh, no, I'm not going to say that salt is a food. I would say that uh, while it is a mineral and uh, something that uh, that uh, aids the body, it is not nourishment in the traditional sense, and therefore it does not meet the food bar. Um, uh, indeed, uh, you would never even see it stocked at the food bar. It would be at the condiments bar. So there. Meet me at the food bar later, though. I'm going to get myself a big heaping plate of ambrosia salad. Here's something from Holly. My husband and I can't agree on butter storage. We do usually store it in the fridge, but I like to leave one stick out on the counter so it's soft when I want to use it. If I do this, I use up the butter within three or four days. My husband insists that you cannot leave butter out. He doesn't have any more cogent arguments. He just says you can't in a louder and more exasperated fashion the more I ask why not. Well, I think it's right to store butter longer term in the fridge. It's perfectly safe to leave a stick of butter out for a few days as long as it is used within a reasonable amount of time. This is how butter was handled in the house I grew up in, and I have made it this far. Furthermore, butter was invented before the refrigerator, so it's not necessary to refrigerate it. How should butter be stored? Uh, Butter actually goes rancid maybe a little bit quicker than you think, and you will know that it is rancid when it has an off and bitter taste and a strong smell. 
That's when the fat oxidizes. But indeed, you are right. Butter does not need to be refrigerated. If it is being consumed within two or three days, you should be absolutely fine. You can also keep it out on the counter using a mechanism called a butter bell, uh, which uh, creates a water seal and keeps the butter a little bit cooler, but also spreadable. Uh, it will last a long time in the refrigerator, of course, and maybe that's uh, what the point of dispute is, uh, a lot longer. Uh, but if you do keep it in the refrigerator, be sure to keep it wrapped up well. Otherwise, it will take on off flavors from other disgusting foods that you have lying around in there. Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags and speed running video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast, Let's Learn Everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom, I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella, I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? <laughs> no. <laughs> obviously not. No. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.